Hello and welcome to Not Bane Podcast, your weekly rundown of UK politics from a Black millennial view. Every week, join me, Bay, and Corey as we look at Parliament and stories from across the diaspora. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. 2022 <laughs> is here and so are we. Welcome to the first episode of 2002, Not Bane Season Two part B. You said 2002, it's 2022. Sometimes I do wish I could be 12 again. Simpler times. <laughs> no, I just gave away my age. Anyway, whatever. Yes. <laughs> I do miss those days. Anyway, yes, we are back. We are back. We are back. This week, we will be dedicating the show. Most well, we'll be dedicating everything domestic to the state of the... The State of the Union. That's what I'm going to entitle oh, this uh, episode on the uh, on the old on the old anchor. Page. Listeners, yeah. if you could see Corey right now, you would like to know that he is exceedingly pleased with himself about that. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. I think so it really chuffed because, like, we're doing the whole <laughs> thing this episode where we're like we're going through different different aspects of the government, different things, different you know prospects, sleaze, um, who's going to be next leader. So it really is. It's like it's the state of the kind of union i suppose man don't really think about things on the spot because that wasn't pre-planned obviously i feel so happy with myself (laughs) really happy anyway (laughs) uh, maybe you should do the next part because i'm pretty just yes and anyway anyway after that we'll be going uh, you you will be uh, covering a story from uganda and uh, Mm -hmm. that's it yeah so let's get cracking let's get into it so we are back with PMQs. Corey's going to give us his legendary rundown of the usual shouting in Parliament. I'm sure it will be very, very illuminating, Corey. Let's go. Yes, I am a legend. So everything I do is legendary. So thanks for recognizing okay. me finally. You're learning. I'm, I'm glad the new year is, has started well for you in your recognition of of what is legendary and what isn't and who's a legend and who isn't new year same me do you know who else is legendary angela rayner angela rayner she took over our Our aunt my aunt you're from down south she's my aunt our Our aunt no you're from down there she's from up here yes angela rayner deputy of deputy leader leader labor leader Keir Starmer uh, was had tested positive for coronavirus and so and the sixth time in isolation I just need to throw that out sixth time in isolation maybe Covid thinks that Keir is bad vibes poor Keir so yes deputy Angela Rayner stepped up for the first PMQs of 2022 parliament re re began restarted this week last week week. and uh, yes Angela Rayner was opposite Boris Johnson she loves it. She loves it. She was having a grand old time. Um, can I just say, hearing and watching a, a bona fide Mancunian on the front bench going at it. I loved it. I actually really enjoyed it for once. Um, I think she's so... A, do I detect a bit of identity politics there, sir? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think my, my, my northern identity politics should be clear by now. Yes, 100% identity <laughs> politics when it comes to the North. Yes, 100%. Anyway, she's there, had a great time. Um, I mean, at times it looked like she was having too much of a good time. But the energy that she projected, uh, which was noted by Johnson, <laughs> and it actually rubbed off on him too because, because she was so 
highly strong is the wrong phrase, but because she was energetic. She was so energetic. energetic. Yeah. I didn't want to reuse energy. You know, they taught us in school mm. never repeat your words in the same sentence. Anyway, I had a good well. schooling, don't know about you. But anyway, um, <laughs> yes, yes, the energy rubbed <laughs> off. On... Yeah, too busy cussing me. Yeah, that's what you get in the Elijah Trainer for. <laughs> it rubbed off. Shut up. It rubbed off on on Johnson. Um, she really peppered him mainly about the energy upcoming and current any energy uh, fuel crisis, and uh, sort of peppered him about the you know the, the cost household costs, tied it into inflation, which caught a bit of a headline when uh, he appeared to go back on something he said about fears of inflation. Mm. But anyway, that was mainly what she. she no, no, was, no. That's uh, really important, actually, because he said that was wasn't anything to worry about, and then he said that he didn't say that when it's on camera of him um, saying in an interview with Sky that it was nothing to worry about. He said. So this was verbatim. before the Tory conference where he was asked about inflation, and he said inflation uh, at the time. He said he said inflation is always something that we are cautious of. However, she said that. She tried to pitch it as him saying uh, he should be fearful. Basically, okay, it's a technicality and he didn't technically lie, but mm. it appears like he lied. It's a classic example where he didn't actually lie. He didn't actually say what she said he said, but what he said kind of could be implied to what she said he said. It's one of them ones. That's why I was brushing over it because it's like, eh, whatever. It's just another one of the classic politician says X, other politician says Y. Even though X isn't Y, X is kind of like Y, but because it isn't Y, it's not technically a lie. Basically, that was what it was. You get what I mean? Unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was it really. As I said, at the start of season two, I, I not, I'm not doing a full rundown of Paris's questions every week again because I'm just, no, I'm not. But I think Angela <laughs> did well. Uh, she peppered him on the energy crisis. I think, if anything, I think that's that we're going to be talking about sort of government and prospects of the government and what's going to happen to the leaders or leader slash leaders this year. I think this is a, a, a key weakness and that could really come through depending on how bad this fuel crisis really does get for people in terms of mm. how much people are actually going to be paying. And not, not only how much they're going to be paying, but people are going to be able to heat their homes and, and heat and eat. And I think if that cuts through, that could really be something that could be another nail in a potential Johnson coffin. So, yeah, uh, it made sense for her to pepper him pretty much all six questions on that point. Um, I would give it a draw. He peppered back. I think they both hit points. And that was it, really. Um, she did, actually. She, she, she slipped up, though. She, well, I say slipped up. The mask slipped because he made a point about... Um, about uh, her future future prospects. And then she bit back and said, well, his future prospects are not great. So he basically tried to say that she was too ambitious or she was ambitious as a politician. And she hit back and said, and this is something we'll come on to about his potential leadership challenge that he might not be in a job for much longer. And uh, she's happy to take over. But then obviously everybody caught onto that. It's like, well, if he went, Starmer would take over, not you. So who does that point to? more divisions in the Labour camp. But it's so weird. It's like, oh, what, you mean somebody who went out for the leader of the party is so, like, yeah, they're ambitious. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but right now she's deputy. So she, right now she's a deputy. Okay. And same way that so Sajid Javid went out to be leader of the party. Yeah, but Sajid I mean, Javid didn't then imply that he was leader or wanting to be leader after it was settled. That's the point. I mean... So what? So because somebody else chose is chosen to be leader, that means that you stop wanting to be leader in the future. Is that what that means? No, publicly, yes. That's not. 
Just, you no, don't say it publicly. If you're the deputy, oh, well, think, you don't say publicly. And that's why people think that. And that's why people think politicians are liars because everybody else still knows that, but we're all pretending that they don't. Like it's ridiculous. Tell the truth. Like everyone has known that Boris Johnson has wanted to be leader of the Conservative Party for the past he 10 years it. since he was he never, mayor. He never voted. And, and he never ran against... Habit. He wasn't the deputy. He, he was a backbencher. He did he run against... Or he planned he to and then decided to drop out the first time. Yes, 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 true. Another thing she did... I think, I think we're splitting hairs, but maybe it's because a woman showing ambition is, you know, considered the wrong thing to do. Every other week, there's an article about Rishi Shunat being a leader in waiting. Liz Truss has just well, been profiled by out. the Times They've as potentially being a leader in waiting. Like, it's all... Just ridiculous. Like, oh dear, how dare a woman, you know, be trying to be leader of the party? Why shouldn't she? I mean, you know what? I'm, I've tried. You know I made myself a promise this year that I was not going to spend my time slandering Keir Starmer. So, however, a good segue into the first part of our State of the Union focus for this show, um, because <sighs> one thing we wanted to be talking about was this new poll that's come out about uh, a new new poll that came out, a poll of a thousand Conservative Party members uh, conducted by I. YouGov, and it showed that for the first time, almost half of all Tory members, based on this this sample and um, this group, now believe that Rishi Sunak would make a better leader and could win more seats at the next election. So that caused a bit of quite a bit of news back end of last week when that came out. <clears throat> mm. So the question was, do you think Rishi Sunak would be a better as Tory leader than Boris Johnson? Forty six percent said better. Only 16% said worse. Uh, and as you mentioned, Liz Truss, she's another, she's the other person who's come out now, she, now Foreign Secretary, as a potential, another potential challenger for Johnson, uh, should his star fall further. So, uh, yeah, what do you think of that? Liz Truss, no, I think, I think Liz Truss is uh, not trustworthy as a politician. I don't think that she, a lot of things that she say are... Um, true or based in true I mean when she was working on Brexit when she was working on Brexit she has been working on Brexit I mean she was the one who was involved in the Australia New Zealand trade deal where things I think she presented it as things being potentially as it being a large gain for British farmers and for the British economy where actually it was the opposite so I just for me Liz Trust is not some I mean to be fair it's all conservative politicians so I don't trust any of them but Liz Truss is not somebody who I believe to be trustworthy or believable as a politician. I do not think Trish, Rishi Sunak has the best interests of the general British public at heart. I believe he has the best interests of, you know, um, big business, the private finance, private equity, disaster capitalists, those sort of people. So, I mean, frankly, I don't like or trust any of them. So it's all irrelevant there's no one who would be of any benefit to me and mine I think within the current conservative front bench who would be somebody that I would trust especially with regards to us being in a continued public health crisis who on the conservative front bench do you think would put the public health of the nation above anything else not any of the people that are there currently I was mildly optimistic with Sajid Javid just because I think he's generally sensible. I mean, he's made he does make a lot of missteps, but I generally don't think he is um I wouldn't say bad hearted, but maybe not bad hearted, but uh, morally corrupt. Mm. However, with his handling of the current COVID crisis, oh, his, since he has become health sec, I am not 
condensed mm. at all. So. I think I think if we're talking about like who's potentially going to take over, because for starters, it's not even a question to the electorate; it's a question to um, Tory party MPs and then Tory party members. But also, even in terms of who they want to win, who they who who Tory party members want to be leader. Again, it's for them. I mean, with all due respect, they're not trying to get your vote anyway, are they? You know this. I know this. They know I mean, that. I actually do they're, think no. I mean, they're not maybe not trying to get my specific vote. I think I, I, there's no there's no um, there's no circumstance in which I would vote. For it doesn't matter who's there. You're not going to vote. There's yeah. There's no circumstance in which I would vote for them. So no, they're not trying to get my vote. But I think they're trying to get people who are not maybe as left wing as I am, or who don't count count themselves as left wing. They're right. probably trying to get their, my vote because they, they are the courting of young black millennials would be smart from the conservative parties because young black 100%. millennials do not have any allegiance to the Labour Party and um, Keir Starmer's behaviour in the past year and a half, two years has very much turned off a lot of people who would count themselves as centre-left away from the um, Labour Party and their treatment of their black members and their black um, politicians, their black councillors, um, their black local councillors, all those sorts of things have very much turned, I would say, a large amount of young black politically aware people away from the Labour Party. So mm-hmm. if the Tories get things right, there's a few, there's only maybe a few things that they would need to do to make themselves generally attractive to a, a young black minority ethnic population rather than, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say all minority ethnic because that would be too broad of a brush. But And our they, podcast they, is called Yeah, Not. absolutely right. But, but I do absolutely think that there is ground, political ground for them that is right for the taking. And yeah. the, the, the Labour Party have shown both contempt for young black voters, but also the idea they seem to think, or the current leadership seems to think that they can sort of rely on the general the general consensus that black minority people will vote for the Labour Party. Yeah, no, them numbers. days are done. Those days, Those are, days done. are gone. That you when once Jeremy Corbyn was gone, you cannot count. You cannot count on that at all anymore. And in the last two years, we this, we've seen how you know the number of party members have come out and talked about how they've been treated. We've seen how you've treated Jeremy Corbyn. We've seen how there's been the dismissal. Of, of our views in general. There's a general avoidance to be associated with anything that's um, socially liberal um, in the widest sense, not just um, with black minority ethnic people, but with regards to stuff like refugees, with regards to stuff like um, benefits, um, the welfare state, um, social mobility, you know, the working class, the um, understanding of what the working class, working class does not mean, you know, um, white working class, working class means everybody. So all of these things have made it quite clear that the current iteration of the Labour Party is not interested in courting us as voters. They seem to be relying on the fact of the historical votes, which is they're going to get a very rude awakening. Mm. If they think that they can keep the cities just by virtue of being Labour. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or if they can keep their, their, the percentage of vote share that they currently have. So you mentioned you mentioned some other names there. Well, you mentioned Sajid Javid and Liz Truss. Uh, so this poll also asked the question, if Boris Johnson stood down, who would you like to replace him? So as I said, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss are a, a mile away from the rest. Rishi Sunak, 33% of them uh, said him. 
Uh, 25% said Liz Trust. The next highest is Jeremy Hunt, who isn't even on the front bench, interestingly enough, um, at 8%. And then after that, you got Michael Gold, Sajid Jave, Pretty Patel, Dominic Raab. They're all like 4, 5, 6%. Pretty Patel. Thank God only 4% of Tory members want Pretty Patel if Boris Johnson stands down. That Pretty for Patel me will, will is put the most best. of us in jail. Six million of us will be out the door almost <laughs> immediately. You were, you know, mem- um, what's it called? Uh, passport revoked, put, put, in, put us on a flight back with a tuppenny in our pocket, season our assets and tell us that we can't even have them anymore. You know, all of that nonsense, please. That is the most encouraging thing about this poll, though, that only 4% of Conservative Party members want pretty percent. Thank goodness that in general, she out. just isn't likeable. That's a, that is the saving grace, because I think a lot of people probably do agree with her politics to some set, some degree, but she's just not likeable at it's all. too much. She's too extreme. I think she does, she definitely, and uh, this is something else I, I want to touch on in terms of like culture wars and, and how the left, the right, and how Boris Johnson sort of puts himself in the middle, even though you think that's foolishness. But anyway, we'll come to that. But I think a lot of what she does does really speak to a lot of her heart and immigration. It does chime with a lot of people, but she just goes, she goes, but she goes, she just goes over the top with it. Where I have you know, spoken she to people it down who have bit, actively said to me that they like Pretty Patel, and I've never been more flawed in my life. So... But yeah, if she dialed it down a bit, I think she'd have even more. But I think yeah, if she dialed it down a bit, she'd even have even more. I think the fact, yeah. I think good. For, it's good for, kind of, in a way, good for, for I guess me, you, because we don't want her to be leader. Um, It's good for those of us who do not want her to be leader, that she is it's so It's not extreme. about people who don't want her to be leader. It's good for people who would essentially, especially with regards to this net, um nationality and borders bill, which essentially people who are now, um I would call us vulnerable citizens. Mm. then yes, it's very good that she's not leader. But, you know, how many more um, cycles of Conservative Party infighting do we need to go through before she gets closer to the top? Well, this is it. Because who would have expected Theresa May? You're pretty good on the segues today, because that segues into uh, something else. um, uh, Something else in terms of... um, how much more? What 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 more is it going to take? Is this a death by a thousand cuts? Is there going to be just one blow that's going to just be like, okay, that's it, Johnson's out? What's going to happen in twenty twenty two with the leadership of this country? Is it going to be death Boris, by a thousand? I cuts don't. If I'm hundred percent honest, I do not see Boris Johnson resigning. Yeah. I see him. I mean, it would have to be a serious something for mm. him to resign. I don't think Boris Johnson is not the sort of person who can die by a death by a thousand cuts unless he they um you know the 1922 committee get this the sort of num- the num- the numbers that they need in order to call a no confidence vote or to mm. call an ele- um a leadership election. I don't see him going unless it's by force. He's not that sort of person. He's not embar- he's not embarrassable enough to need to do to all quit. of that. Mm. Yeah, no, step down for who is Boris Johnson for goodness sake. I mean these things are this always is, a mix. It's not Theresa May. But these things are always uh, a mix. Nobody's going to, you know, wholeheartedly with with honour intact fall on their sword. It's always a mix of push and pull, isn't it? It's always a mix of, okay, yeah. people don't want you and you want to go. It's never one or the other. So, so I mean, Boris could, has wanted to go for ages, but he's not going to go just because people ask him to. Uh, well, nobody's going to ask him nicely. It's going to be a case of, uh, look, if you know what's good for you. He's um, going to be at the precipice and they're going to be there with their swords. Mm. Uh, well yeah but think about it like so over the past month you've had well over the past two months you've got Owen Patterson so he tries to change the rule for one of his MP mates clear sleaze clear corruption but he wants to change the rules just for him then they've got this big loss after our last episode we had that by-election in North Shropshire in mid-December that they lost that's a seat they've had in various iterations for 200 years um 
that was Owen Patterson's seat. Then you had mm. the Brexit minister, Lord Frost. Oh, that's when they burst the, they burst the bubble, was it? Burst in the Westminster bubble. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you had Frost, Brexit minister, resigns a week before Christmas. So this is a guy who's supposed to be leading Brexit. And also the reason why he resigns is because he doesn't, he basically doesn't have any confidence in Boris Johnson's leadership and his policies. Then you've got all of these parties, 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 there's party every single week before Christmas. Oh, now we've got goodness, another party, yeah. which mm-hmm. we should talk about as well. party, yes. Um, then you've got just general Brexit stagnation. Then you've got inflation. You've got coronavirus. You've got potential fuel crisis. People choosing whether to heat or, heat or eat. Not not potential for a lot of people. It's happening right now, and it might it's get even worse. Right now, yeah. Then you've got this poll coming out. So, like it is just all these little things. Can anybody not enough survive? Like if there's another of round all of the people this who for can another survive six this months, for another got six an eighties. He's got an 80-seat majority. He can absolutely weather this storm. This is not Theresa May. He has got an 80-seat majority. What he has question? all he has to say is that all he has to say is that we've it doesn't matter. We've got an 80-seat majority. It doesn't matter what the public thinks, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. We as long as we generally agree, and as, as long as he abides by the backbenches by keeping everything open because that's what's most important is them keeping everything open and he mm. generally keeps his Brexit ministers on side by, you know, making sure that Brexit sees its way through in the way that they think it should to a, a wider extent, even if it's not the smaller extent, on a wider extent. As long as he does those things, he can ride this through out until it's hit the, um, a new, um, until it's time for GE, time for general election and this is his term as prime minister is finished and bow out gracefully. With an 80 seat majority, he said nobody can chat to him at the end of the day. He's like, it doesn't matter what you will say. We are we are the winners. Anything that we want to go through in this parliament will go through as we have seen. Yeah, but it's two different. Yes, I understand in terms relevant. about party confidence, which is yeah. fine. But they he can all his argument to that can be: What are we going to do? Have another leadership election, and then the then the, the newspaper and the media are going to be calling for another general election. And right now, um, the Conservatives are not doing great in the polls. They're creeping their way back up, but they're about thirty eight percent to thirty four percent. What's it called? Prediction in the, in the polls. So, yeah. and they're moving their way back up. So, at the end of the day. All he has to say is, why would you call an election now? Who here do you think is going to get a, a wider vote share than me? Because people vote voted for Boris Johnson because quite a lot of people like him. They think he's funny. Rishi Sunak, as much as he like, does, does the grown-up in the room, he is insanely rich. People do not like that. And also he has no personality, which, which they can build up that profile, but they've not built up his profile yet in terms of a personality. Do you think Rishi Sunak can get an 80 vote share? The only thing that they can bank on is that people do not like Keir Starmer or know who he is. Mm. I That's think- a pos- potential saving grace, but I don't know if they can get an eight, the same 80% vote share because also let's remember that the last general election was voted on Brexit and getting Brexit done. And that's no that spe- the spectre of Brexit is no longer hanging over people. So they might not vote for Labour, but the, the vote shares can be can be split with a lot of number of the minor parties. And a lot of the minor parties have a lot larger vote share than they used to. The Green Party is making its way up the ranks. Yeah, I, I, I hear everything you're saying. I think you make some good points. I just, I don't know, I've still got some hope that you know, no politician is totally Teflon. But then again, I shouldn't have that hope anymore. It's not about being that. Teflon. It's like being able to ride out the storm until the next. Well, yeah, having enough Teflon to ride out the storm. Yeah, it's the same thing, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He could, of all people who can do it, 
Yeah, Johnson can do it. He he managed to get. He's so far made his way through the three hundred and fifty million bus scandal. He's made his way way through um, giving Jennifer Alcuri that nearly two hundred k. He's he's made through his way through his having an indeterminate amount of children. Please, <laughs> he's made his way through hiding in a fridge during general election um, press coverage. I mean, come on, come on. Then there's Curtain Most, Gate, which we're going to go on to next. Oh yes. Wallpaper gate, where's you know where his um the housing the renovations for his house at one hundred and fifteen thousand pounds was paid for by a Tory donor apparently in return for a great exhibition which nobody is really sure what it's about and those um, texts have been deleted so we can never find out and the electoral commission has apparently said well you know they don't believe that he um acted in bad faith. This okay. man, if All you right. want to talk about Teflon, thousand cuts, man. Yeah, maybe not. But no, okay. you can right, weather then. the storm. He'll just put a blaster over it. Okay, so what you've done is you've sort of convinced me more that death by a thousand cuts won't be it. However, I still believe that if there is something, how many serious, children does Boris Johnson have? Tell me right now. Um, the leader of the leader of our country. How many children does he have? Has he minimum, said that on the record? It's a minimum of seven. It could be mm. more. That's what it is. A minimum of seven. <clears throat> yeah, he's got at least seven. Because he's got four okay. with his wife, his second mm-hmm. his previous wife. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got two now with his current wife. And then mm-hmm. there's another child who he had when he cheated on his wife, which was mm-hmm. made public in that disclosure when he was mayor of London. So that's seven. But then there's rumours that there may be more. So it's minimum. It's at least seven. That's what we know. Anyway. The but yes, okay. That we do not have a determinate number. At least seven. Right. You convinced <laughs> it's me that unserious thing that you just said to happen. me. However... No. However, I do think, so there's this new thing that's come out literally this weekend, today, well, hinted out on Friday, and it's come out today, Monday, the 10th of January, that there was an actual, this wasn't, they, now this one's a lot serious. So this, there's another party which has come out, which happened during May of 2020, at the height of lockdown. This is like when, this, is, this was when things were the maddest of the mad. Um, an email goes out from Boris Johnson, and we'll link this in the show notes, you can read about this, you can see the email. An email goes out from one of Boris Johnson's top aides to number 10 staff, 100. The email goes out to 100 people. Apparently about 30 or 40 turn up. And it's uh, basically drinks. It's after work drinks. The difference with this one now is twofold. There's two, well, there's two, big, two big differences to the other cheese and wine episode, uh, which also happened in May 2020. So that one has been passed off as, you know, it was a work meeting. It was work, regulations were followed, blah, blah, blah. This one clearly, by the wording, the wording that we have, before anybody tries to sue us for whatever, by the wording that we have, it would appear that this one was, it was a basically a social. Now, this is when rules were that you could only meet with, like, I can't remember. It was, it, one, I think it was person one, outside, that, one person outside of your household, outside okay. with a minimum of two metres distance. That was the guidance. And that was the guidance that was given that uh, week by Oliver Dowden yes. in a press conference. Yes. So the big difference here is this. You can't, they can't pass this one off as work. People won't buy that. Even if, I mean, I don't think people buy the last, bought the last one, but this one's so obvious that they, I don't even doubt them even trying to say it. So there's that. But there's also, <clears throat> if, it, if it turns out that Boris Johnson was actually there, which there's rumours that he was there, if there's a picture of him there drinking to, down in a pint with a bunch of people in May 2020, maybe not that, but as a, okay, so you, as I said, you've convinced me death by a thousand cuts, but I think still something big like that could still force him out. Something big. You think? Maybe, 
I just um maybe not I think yes I mean there has to be a there has to be something there has to be something there was a party in the residence and that's not done it so there has to be something so egregious that it's a case of the his people turn around to him and say no you've got to go um did Donald Trump get ousted or did he make it through a whole Um, presidential the Republican Party for everything you want to say about the Conservative Party the Republican Party are a different kind of crazy and keep up but is this even though even however however what you just said in about comparing it to america the republican party 70 percent of republican mem- republican party members think that joe biden stole the election 70 percent of people who are republican in america think that that's a different kind of crazy but over here we've got only we've got less than half of the conservatives who who think boris johnson's a good lead, a decent leader so, so he doesn't have the command over the Conservative Party that Trump has over the American Party, uh, Republican Party. It doesn't matter. He has an eighty-seat majority and a five-year term. <laughs> all he has to do is see it out the end, and then he gets all the cushy handouts that David Cameron was getting. He gets a direct line to the leadership. He's able to parlay his previous um, experience as leader of the Conservative <coughs> Party, as leader of Britain, into Christy, Christy, Christy gigs. So all he has to do is ride it out. That's all he has to do, ride it out. <laughs> which is what he wants to do because he doesn't actually want this job because he doesn't pay him enough money, which he's pointed out. He wants to, to write his books and give you know 20 minute speeches for 500K. So all he has to do is ride it out and he can see the vision at the end of the tunnel. I'm sure he's got lots of friends that he's making that, you know, he'll be able to utilize in the long term. So he's going to keep networking, keep um, making connections. He's going to keep um, inviting his friends down the VIP lane access, all of that sort of stuff. So that's all he needs to do is lay the, the groundwork for his behavior once he gets out of office. And he's not going to give up that gravy train any sooner than he has to. Okay, so before you take us to Curtain Gate, let me ask you one last question on this. In your, in your, in your scenario where n- nothing pushes him out and he leaves in his own time, when do you see him going? In a general, um, before a general election. So what? Um, I mean, next general election is supposed to be end of 2024, but apparently there's rumours, there's been rumours for like a year that they're going to do it early in 2023. So what? You give him what eighteen months? I don't see them doing it. I don't see them doing it. I don't see them doing it early. There would be no point. Okay, so let's because say that to, the national insurance um, rise has got to kick in. Um, once that needs to kick in, there's going to be the fuel uh, crisis, which is going to not properly hit until next year. I think they're saying about April. So until those times, there's no, it's, more time to kind of let people hopefully forget about the bad things mm-hmm. of this year. Interesting theory. Okay, then. So let's say, let's assume that you're right and uh, next year election is December 2024, November 20, whatever, back into 2024. All right. When does he go? I told you before a general election, he just says he won't be standing for re election and they do a leadership. So summer 2024. Maybe. Yeah, they do a leadership um, election first and then that'll be it. Then we have a new prime minister for the new session in september 2024 interesting there you go. Nah. There you go. i think he's you see i think he's sloppy i think like trump i think like trump he's sloppy um and i think he's done i i think there's more to come like so i was re- so sorry i know we we're gonna say we we're gonna go into curtain gate but just um something i read in 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 one of your mags actually it was a new statesman um 
that's one of your, your people in it. Um, no. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. Anyway, they had the uh, the political editor of the Daily Mail. She wrote in. She wrote a piece in that. So she was the one who actually broke the Christmas party story before Christmas in the Mirror, not Daily Mail, Daily Mirror, because it was the Mirror that broke the story. And she said at the end, the scoops to come. She says. Um, so she was saying that she meant she first heard about this Christmas party last year, like a year ago. But she, it says I wasn't able to get the story out over the line back then, whatever that means. Anyway, but what she said was, I think it was quite telling at the end. She said, but I filed away the nugget in case it proved useful. I have several other nuggets in my head right now. Let's see what comes of them in 2022. I think there are more bombshells because I think he's sloppy. And I think based on what we've seen on everything that they did, breaking the rules and all of that, I think there's much more to come. I think there is something there that could, finish him you don't we'll disagree we'll see what happens yeah curtain gate curtain gate i mean first of all let's stop uh calling it curtain gate it's wallpaper gate oh yeah but yes 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 it is wallpaper gate so he was accused of lying by after they, you know, they did the investigation about whether he was telling the truth because he said that he didn't know where the money came from. And then mm. he was accused of lying to the um, ethics watchdog by Lord Gate by saying he didn't know who funded the 100, 112,000 plus makeover until three months later. So just to be clear, this was the makeover of the flat above Downing flat, Street where he lives. The flat above Downing Street, yeah. And so what has now occurred since, um, since this investigation has closed is that actually um, a text, a lost WhatsApp message that Boris Johnson sent to a Tory donor has been found. So it was sent to Lord Brownlow. He asked for the money in November 2020. And he said he asked for his approvals for the, he asked Lord Brownlow, that's the person that he texted, for his approval on the 112 makeover. He moaned that the flat above 11 Downing Street, which is where the Prime Minister's residence is, was a bit of a tip. Um, just so you know, the, I mean, I wouldn't call it a tip. I'm sure it's fine. You are of the impression that the, um, our Prime Minister should have nicer accommodations than he does. Uh, I'm not saying that, and don't make me sound like I'm keeping for Boris, but I do think if you compare it to, and I know it's not an exact comparison because they're heads of state, but if you compare it to like the Elysee Palace in France, if you compare it to the White House, the flat of Downing Street isn't much to talk about. America's a thousand times bigger than here. France has about the same number of people. How big is France? Yeah, but people. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about in terms of space. We don't have any. Anyway, so in the same text chain that um, he was asking about the money and the approval of the money being spent, he also discussed plans for a great exhibition that like that was held by the Victorians, which established Crystal Palace. And Downing Street have said that because this was something that Lord Brownlow had um, wanted to go forward with this great exhibition, Downing Street has said that the great exhibition, the idea was not taken forward, but it very much sort of brings to question of the idea of cash for favors, or you know that um, the prime minister taking money from donors leaves open the avenues for potential bribery, or you know acting in the best interests of um, donors rather than in the best interests of the electorate, which is his job. And so, what was important is that two months after the text with um, Lord Brownlow, there was a, a meeting that was held with the great with the culture secretary with the culture secretary 
Oliver Dalton, whom we mentioned earlier, he was who had a discussion about this great exhibition proposal. So a lot of places don't want to call it corruption, they've wanted to call it sleaze and all the rest of it, but um, it was described as plainly unsatisfactory and demonstrated insu insufficient respect as well as a threat to public confidence with regards to ministerial um, with regards to the ministerial code. But he said that um, Lord Guy is the person who was leading the ethics investigation, but he said that it didn't under undermine his conclusion that Mr. Johnson hadn't broken the ministerial code when he received the money or slash asked for the money from a Tory donor in the first place. But he voiced a grave concern for the eroding of public confidence. I mean, you don't think that's the I mean, erosion of public what, confidence can go any lower. So what does it matter, basically? Right. I mean, if that's if that's all an investigation is overturning is that there's an erosion in public confidence after a prime minister has had private messages with a, a donor to his political party with regards to doing up his flat and then later said he didn't know where the money came from even though it's plain as day <laughs> that he from he evidence him. that that he texted Perfect. him and asked for approval of it that's more than an erosion of public confidence that's lying under oath or but also like i mean if this in terms of a ministerial code this is why it's important that in terms of the ministerial code in any other situation you know 10 years ago this would be a resigning matter but here we are with the same guy who said he was humble and sincere in his apology to Lord Gate. That's as much as we're going to get any paid back the money. That's a combination of this situation. Well, here's to 2022. Here's to 2022. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotBanePod. And if you're listening on iTunes and you enjoyed what you heard, rate us five stars. It helps us get up the rankings. If you didn't enjoy it, ignore everything I just said. <laughs>